You are listening to Angie's Campfire Stories, a podcast for kids by kids. I am your host, Angela Alvarez, and I'll be sharing a scary story with you each week. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or any other platform that you can get your podcast from. Today's episode is one of my favorite scary stories, and I want to share it with you. It is called The Tell Tale Heart by Edgar Allan Poe. Here it goes. It is true. I am nervous. I am very, very nervous. But why do you call me mad? The disease has made me think clearly. Above all else, my hearing is perfect. Hear all things in the heaven and on the earth. I have heard many things in hell. How then am I mad? Listen to how calmly I can tell my story. I can't remember when I first had the idea about the old man, but once I thought of it, it haunted me night and day. I loved the old man. He had never hurt me or caused me trouble. He was rich, but I had no desire for his gold. So I think it was his eye. Yes, it was his eye. One of his eyes looked like the eye of a vulture. It was pale blue, with a film over it. Whenever he looked at me, my blood ran cold. So I made up my mind to kill the old man, and thus rid myself of the evil eye forever. You think I am crazy, but madmen know nothing. No, I was not mad at all. I was careful, oh so careful. I was very kind to the man in the week before I killed him. Every night, about midnight, I turned the knob of his door and opened it, oh so gently. And then, when I had made an opening large enough for my head, I inched a covered lantern into the room so quietly that he never heard me. I moved the lantern slowly, very, very slowly. I did not want to disturb the old man's sleep. It took me an hour to move my head far enough into the room so that I could see him in his bed. Ha! Would a madman have been as careful as this? And then, when my head was far enough into the room, I uncovered the lantern cautiously, oh so cautiously. Opened it just enough so that a single thin ray of light fell upon the vulture eye, and this I did for seven long nights, every night just at midnight. But I found the eye always closed, and every morning when the sun came up, I went boldly into his room and spoke kindly to him, calling him by name in a cheerful tone, and asking how he slept. On the eighth night, I was more careful than ever. When I opened the door, on this night, I knew that triumph was near. There he lay fast asleep. He knew nothing of my secret plan, of course, and I chuckled to myself as I inched the door open even further. Perhaps he heard me. He moved suddenly in the bed, as if startled. Did he sense me there? His room was as black as night, so I knew that he could not see me. Slowly, slowly, I kept opening the door. A little wider, a little wider. I had my head in, and I was about to open the lantern when my thumb slipped on the latch, 
and the old man sprang up in bed, crying out, "Who's there?" I kept quiet for another hour. I did not move a muscle, and in the meantime, I did not hear him lie down. He was still sitting up in the bed, listening, just as I have listened, night after night after night, to the deaf watch beetles in the wall. Eventually, I heard a quiet groan, and I knew it was the groan of mortal terror. It was not a groan of pain or grief; it was the low, quiet sound that arises from the bottom of the soul when a terrible fear overcomes you. Oh yes, I know the sound, because I have made it myself in the middle of the night. I knew what the old man was feeling, and I pitied him. Although I smiled at part, I knew that he had been lying awake ever since the first slight noise, when he had turned in the bed. His fears had been growing since that moment. He had been trying to calm himself, saying, "It is nothing but the wind in the chimney, or it is only a mouse crossing the floor." But somehow he knew better. Yes, he knew that death. With his black shadow in front of him, was nearby, and he felt that I was in the room. When I had waited a long time, very patiently, without hearing him lie down, I decided to open the lantern a little. You cannot imagine how slowly, slowly I did this, until a single dim ray of light, like the thread of the spider, shot from out the opening and fell full upon the vulture eye. The eye was open, wide, wide open, and I grew angry as I looked at it. I saw it perfectly. It was dull blue, with a hideous film over it that made me sick at heart. Now again, you may call me mad, but I will say again that I am not mad. It is just that my hearing is very, very good. It is better than any other humans on earth. What I heard now was a low, dull, quick sound—the sound of a watch wrapped in cotton. I knew that sound well too. It was the beating of the old man's heart. The sound made me even more angry, just as the beating of the drum makes the soldier braver. Still, I kept quiet. I barely breathed. I held the lantern still. I tried as steadily as I could to keep the ray of light upon the eye. All the while, the horrible beating of the heart increased. It grew quicker and quicker, and louder and louder. The old man's terror must have been extreme. It grew louder, I say, louder every moment. Do you hear me? I have told you that I am nervous. Now, in the dead of night, the strange noise terrified me. Yet, for some minutes longer, I kept quiet. But the beating grew louder, louder. I thought the heart might burst, and now a new worry came upon me: the sound might be heard by a neighbor. So the old man's hour had come at last. With a loud yell, I threw open the lantern and jumped into the room. He shrieked once, once only. In an instant, I dragged him to the floor and pulled the heavy bed over him. Then I smiled because it had all been so easy. But for many minutes more, the heart beat on with a muffled sound. This, however, did not trouble me. The sound could not be heard through the wall. 
At last, it stopped. The old man was dead. I removed the bed and examined the corpse. Yes, he was stone, stone dead. I placed my hand upon the heart and held it there many minutes. There was no pulse. He was stone dead. His vulture eye would bother me no more. If you still think I'm crazy, you'll change your mind when I describe how well I hid the body. All through the night, I worked in silence, pulled up free floorboard, and hid the body underneath. And then I replaced the board so carefully that no human eye, not even his, could see that the boards had been moved. Ha ha! Is that the work of a madman? I finished my work at close to four o'clock. It was still dark as midnight. As the clock chimed four, I heard a knocking at the door. I went down to open it with a light heart. What had I now to fear? I opened the door to three men, all of them police officers. A shriek had been heard by a neighbor during the night. The officers had been sent to check the house. I smiled. For what did I have to fear? I told the men they were welcome. The old man, I said, was on vacation in the country. I had shrieked in a dream. I took my visitors all over the house. I told them to search carefully. Eventually, I led them to the old man's bedroom. I showed them his treasures, which were completely safe and undisturbed. I was so confident, in fact, that I brought three chairs into the bedroom and asked the men to sit and rest. And then I, in a way that was perfectly calm, perfectly confident of my triumph, placed my own chair upon the very spot where I had hid the dead body. The officers were satisfied. My manner had convinced them. They were so calm, they sat, and while I answered cheerfully, they chatted about this and that. But before long, I felt myself growing pale, and I wished they would go. My head ached, and I thought I heard a ringing in my ears. But still, they sat and chatted. The ringing became more distinct. I heard it over the noise of their talk. I talked more freely so that I could not hear the noise. But it became louder and louder and louder. Eventually, I found the the noise was not in my ears at all. No doubt, I had become very pale. But I talked more and more loudly. Yet the sound increased. And what could I do? It was low, dull, quick sound, like the sound a watch makes when covered in cotton. I gasped for breath. And yet the officers did not hear it. I talked more quickly, but the noise steadily increased. I stood up and argued about silly things, using a high, loud voice and violent gestures. But still, the noise increased. Why didn't the officers leave? I paced the floor to and fro with heavy steps, but the noise got louder and louder. Oh God, what could I do? I foamed at the mouth. I raved. I swore. I threw the chair up upon which I had been sitting across the room, but the noise was everywhere. It grew louder, 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 and still the men chatted pleasantly and smiled. Was it possible they couldn't hear it? No, no. They heard. They suspected. They knew. They were silently laughing at my horror. This is what I thought then, and this is what I think now. Villains! I shrieked. Pretend no more. I admit the deed. Tear up the planks. Pull them up here and here. It is the beating of his hideous heart. <laughs>